So, uh, thanks for dinner. It was great. <laughs> we should do this again. Would you like to come upstairs for some coffee? Oh, no, thanks. I can't drink coffee late at night. It keeps me up. <laughs> so, um, okay. Okay. Good night. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> Secondary character. Hey there, folks. Hello. Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, aka Bidwabask, B I D W B A S C. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And uh, this week we are recording on a Thursday night. Uh, we were meant to put up this episode today, but, you know, things happened. So uh, we're going to be putting it up as soon as possible. So don't freak out, listeners. You're probably wondering, where's Bidwabask in my life for this week? Bidwabask is part of my weekly routine. Don't worry. We're going to be up shortly. No stress. Yes. Routines change. They do. They sure do. <laughs> things happen. Change is a constant, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> and this week, Steve, we're going to season two. We are, and uh, we're covering episode four, which is the phone message. And I just, and, uh, I, I, what were you saying? Sorry, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to uh, Steve, just before Stephen, Steve is we, not in the studio, in case you're wondering. Uh, so uh, he's, uh, we're doing it over Skype this week. We are, and this is a, a, a one-off thing. We'll be back in the studio next week. Yeah. Yeah, we just noticed before we started recording that this is the fourth episode of season two, mm. and this is the third purely by accident. I think so. Um, unless we have some sort of subconscious attraction to the number four or something. <laughs> this is the third uh, episode four uh, that we've done in a row. Can you believe that? So the little kicks last week was season eight, episode four, and the episode before that, which we did was also Mail on Bonding, Season 1, Episode 4. That's right. There you go. Scary. Strange. Very strange. I know. Indeed. <laughs> if uh, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can. Uh, we're on social media. Our handle is at Bibblebask. We have a website, com, and you can listen to us, uh, stream us, review us, whatever you want, on uh, well, anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all yeah. sorts of places. And we also have a YouTube channel as well. We only have one video at the moment, but we do promise that we're going to have more YouTube content. So you just search Bask on YouTube and you'll uh, find us. Yeah, that's right. Over the next few months, we want to uh, increase our video content. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep an eye out. Yeah, should be awesome, man. So every week, my man, Stephen, he's the anchor, the news anchor for Bask. Uh, how many news items do you have today? We have one, two, three. Three. Perfect. Shall we get into it? Indeed. Okay, so a few weeks ago we decided that Bidwabask would become a gossip rag. The uh, right. BMZ, the TM- I think, wasn't it? That's right, the TMZ of niche podcasts. Yes, no, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we'd be called B, B for Bob, MZ. 
a bit of a basket. Oh, right. It's like Kim, yeah. Kim Kardashian saw Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, Jerry Louis Dreyfus hung out with uh, Justin Bieber. Actually, no, it was Jerry that hung out with Justin Bieber. That's right. A couple of weeks that ago. That was probably our most gossip raggy story we've ever had. I know. And don't One tell me. To another celebrity. Exactly. Yeah. And do you have another gossip raggy one? Yeah. Well, I was going to say uh, the week after we um, regained our you know, high browness by talking about some more highbrow things. But this week we're back in the gutter, <laughs> so to speak. Nice. <laughs> uh, so about a month ago, uh, the internet basically shat itself when Jerry hinted at very subtly um, or very vaguely, I should say, that a Seinfeld reunion may happen at some point in the future. He wasn't specific. He wasn't even really saying that it will or won't happen. He just sort of said, yeah, maybe I'm open to it. And of course, the internet lost its shit. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. And everyone sort of took that and ran with it and basically presumed that it will happen. Um, and it probably will. Yeah, uh, eventually, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sort of to add to that speculation, Radar Online, which is basically a TMZ, they're a less good version of our gossip rack. Of course. They're, sec- they're second rate to us. So there's TMZ and then BMZ and then BMZ. these guys. Yeah. I mean, we, we will always be an imitation of TMZ. Yeah. But Radar Online will always be an imitation of us. Of BMZ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so they have a source, which is a pretty common claim uh, when it comes to gossip rags. There's always like a friend of this celebrity or a source close to the close to the person said this. Apparently, their quote unquote source mm. uh, has exclusively revealed to them that Jerry Seinfeld told JLD Julia Louis Dreyfus all through her cancer treatment, which she recently completed. I think uh, at the end of Feb, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That they would do a reunion. And uh, now Julia is holding him to that promise. Oh, so it is going to happen. Well, again, it's it's a source, quote-unquote source, has uh, claimed this. Apparently this source somehow also knows and told uh, Radar Online that both Michael Richards, who played Kramer, and uh, Jason Alexander, who played George, that they're both keen as well. Oh, man. So you know what that means. So when it does eventually air, and, you know, we're still doing Bidwabask, we're going to have to do, like, a bonus podcast of each episode as it comes out on Netflix or whatever. Or just like, do, like, an episode-by-episode review of the revival. Well, they will have their own secondary characters, so we'll be doing them, won't <laughs> We would, and we wouldn't have to wait 20 years to do it. You know, no. 20 years since the show ended. We'll just go straight yeah. and, like, do it. Yeah. Yeah. When um, when I'm living on another planet, you know, when we become a spacefaring species and you're still on Earth or the other way around, whatever. <laughs> That's right. I think it'll be this. Yeah, okay. We'll do like a like an interstellar Skype podcast on, you know, the Seinfeld reunion in 2048 or something. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically this this claim is mostly bullshit because it's from a gossip rag. Of course. The only uh, the only source is a source, mm. which is tomato sauce. Yes, <laughs> something a bit more, uh, well, a bit more solid, but still seemingly a bit uh, ridiculous. Through the week, <laughs> Jerry Jerry Seinfeld actually made a claim that he is the father or creator of the Porsche 911R. Oh, the father. So who did he have to, uh, you know, copulate with to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that well, would have been rough. He, yeah, <laughs> not the good sort of rough. Though. No. <laughs> No. What's um, the deal with the exhaust pipe? Oh, I see. <laughs> Let's make a baby. 
Oh, maybe. Um, oh, maybe. But Jerry, Jerry doesn't fuck us. But um, <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to say that. I don't want to defame him or anything. But no, no he doesn't do any of that kind of no. stuff. As long as it's consensual, it's fine. <laughs> as long as it's consensual. You got too much carnal knowledge there. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. good. Pretty good. Yeah, so through the week, uh, Jerry was on Spike Ferriston's podcast, which is called Ferriston Car Radio. And I'm guessing it's a, a podcast by Spike about cars with probably cars, car lovers. Yeah. And as everyone would know, I mean, he's got a series about it. Uh, Seinfeld is a car. Uh, I don't want to say enthusiast, but he is a, well, he's beyond an enthusiast. He's a lover of cars. He is, yes. Not in, not in the literal sense that we were just saying. He's a hobbyist, if you will. He's a hobbyist. <laughs> Uh, and apparently he, at some point in the past, uh, well, actually about 10 years ago, he had a conversation or a meeting with a guy named Grant Larson, who was at the time and may still be a Porsche designer. Grant Larson-y. Grant, Grant, I'm sure he gets that all the time. <laughs> Grant oh, Grant Larson's knee. Oh, my knee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're rolling it in with the puns today, aren't we? Yeah, we are, we are. Uh, One-two punch. Um, oh. So... <laughs> so apparently he had a meeting with grant and some other top people at the company uh with the car idea which is the the, the current porsche 911 r he like i said he claims that he approached the board and uh, grant and these other people about 10 years ago they basically told him to get lost they rejected his idea and then about four or five years later so about five years ago now the uh, porsche 911 r came out oh almost, almost exactly uh, to his specifications. So what he's claiming is that he gave them the idea. They told him to get lost. Mm-hmm. They kept it, kept it, you know, on the on the back burner for for five years, and then they uh, did it. There you go. Sure. There you go. Yeah. Who knows? I I, I don't know if I believe that. Uh, it's probably going to be one of those urban legends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jerry said that he, you know, that himself. Like it's not like from a third party, but I don't know. I don't know. It just seems a bit disingenuous. Who knows? <laughs> Anyway, anyway uh, it's all gossip, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. We are BMZ for, for we yeah. Are. Seinfeld uh, so, gossip. That's right. So the third bit of news, uh, it's not really a news uh, link per se, but I thought I'd include it. So my friend through the week sent me a link to a Reddit thread that she found. She was just perusing Reddit. She came across this and she forwarded it to me. Um, and it was put up by a Reddit user called cardiomyocyte underscore crew. Don't oh. know what that means. Okay. Uh, and it was basically the, the Reddit thread is called total number of words spoken by each character okay. being, on the show, being on the show. Yeah. And it was under the subreddit of data is beautiful. So if you like data and numbers and graphs, go to this subreddit and it's just for it. Uh, she is a scientist. So I'm guessing that's why she was in this subreddit. Anyway. Uh, Speaking of the, scientists and physicists, rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Uh, passed away true. last yesterday. So sad. Yeah. Yeah, a pretty big loss for the world. A pretty important and uh, excellent human. The world's just gotten a little bit dumber, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. It has. Yeah. Not yeah. quite idiocracy levels, but you know, no, just a smidgen, it's, it's a smidgen a below. It's a contribution to the seeming seeming uh, dumbening of the world. <laughs> the dumbening, yes. Dumbening. <laughs> so this, uh, like I said, it was called Total Number of Words Spoken by Each Character. So it's pretty self-explanatory. This person, I'm guessing, unless this person has gone through every script and tallied every single word, I'm guessing that they've written an algorithm or a piece of software mm. to uh, analyze the scripts and total number of words right. said by each character. Um, and he's basically plotted them on a bar graph. 
from the person who says the most words all the way down to the 10th person who, uh, well, the person who says the 10th most words. Uh, positions number one to four obviously belong to the core four. Of course. In order, we've got Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer. And who's fifth? Uh, I don't have the graph in front of me. Oh, okay. uh, I do recall that the last and second last position was Steinbrenner and also, um, what's his name? Elaine's boss. It's escaping me. Peterman. Peterman. Ah, yeah. of course. I was yeah. going to say he'd make it in the top 10 with his monologues. Yeah, yeah. And Steinbrenner makes sense. Even though he's not in a lot of episodes or scenes, he rambles a lot. So yeah, he has a lot of monologues. That's right. There's a lot of words said when he uh, when he turns up. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll post a link to that in our uh, show notes, which you can uh, have a click on, have a read through. It's not as uh, interesting as that article I talked about four or five weeks ago about uh, the sort of the emotions of each character based on the words. It's a bit less technical, but it's uh, it's still a pretty cool little graph if you just want to look at something neat. <laughs> and uh, we'll also put links up to the other two news articles I talked about. And that's all the news for the week. Very good, Stephen. When we come back, we'll have a very short break. We're talking about the phone message from Season 2. I've got a couple of secondary characters. We have Carol and Donna. Who do you have, Steve? Uh, those two as well. Those two as well. So it should be a bit of a shorter episode than usual, but a high-quality one nonetheless. This is Bidwabask. Stay with us. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we're talking about The Phone Message, which is the fourth episode from season two. Yeah, I know. And it, it is episode four of a season for the third week in a row. It's not something that we concocted. It was just a coincidence. Really weird. Yeah, and we only noticed it before we recorded this episode. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, magic happens, huh? <laughs> yeah. Four, four, four. Better than 666, right? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. If you if you like the number four, uh, this one and the last two episodes are for you. Number four. Two plus two is four. <laughs> eight. Uh, number eight. Number eight. Uh, number eight. Uh. So here's a plot synopsis for the phone message. Uh, first aired in the US, February 13, 1991. Directed by Tom Cherones, written by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, George is excited when he finds out that he has a date on the same night as Jerry which is uh, very, I don't know, that's quite coincidental. Have you ever been on a date with someone where your friend's been on a date on the same night, Steve? Um, probably, but I don't remember. But you haven't, like, talked about it beforehand? It's like, oh, I'm seeing this person. You're like, hey, I'm seeing this person. Whoa. It, it might have happened, but I can't remember. Okay. You've been on that many dates? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> George is excited when he finds out that he has a date on the same night as Jerry. Uh, both dates go well until the point when they say goodnight. George's date, Carol, played by Tori Pallone, asks George to come upstairs for some coffee, which he refuses as he says he can't drink coffee late at night because it keeps him up. He realizes he's <laughs> made a mistake when he forgets that coffee is a euphemism for sex. And I love his reaction in the car. He just, like, takes off his glasses and he's so frustrated. He's just like, ah, ah. He's like, what have I yeah, done? I love- Smacks himself in the head. He's like, what have I done? Yeah, I love the um, the, the frustrated muttering at himself. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so, I'd be annoyed too. It's like he just, yeah. someone like George, you know, he just, I know he's an idiot, but, you know, he should have figured it out, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty obvious what coffee means. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, that's George. But I do, 
I do understand most women aren't so, I mean, she seems really keen on George and we'll talk about that in a bit when we talk about a character, but she seems really just relaxed with George and she seems to really like him. Yeah, yeah, she does. It's probably a bit of a surprise for George. So he probably wasn't completely present in the moment. He was probably just happy with the fact that she wasn't put off by him. Yeah, because usually George goes so, on a date and then they break up with him halfway or after dinner or something goes yeah. on. Usually, like, especially in like a later episode, maybe like in that time George will find some reason to break up with him or they just, you know, they'd be turned off by George, you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time if women are keen, like obviously keen on George at the start of their relationship or when they go on their first date, it's usually because George is pretending to be someone. He's not. But George seems quite natural here. He's not He's not assuming a different identity or pretending to be a bad boy like last week. Oh, no. He just he just seems like George, and she's really cool with that. Yeah. So I think I think he was just so wrapped up in that he just forgot <laughs> to sort of you know he he wasn't being calm to pick up on the more subtle intricacies of of their of their chat. Yeah. He just forgot yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, exactly. He was just so stoked. He just went, oh shit, hang on a minute. <laughs> and he probably realized that the date went so perfectly that he just went completely off guard you know when she said you want to come up for coffee yeah it's like oh maybe you know maybe some part of his brain also said like don't like you know just end it now end it on a high note because you know if the sex was bad it could have been uh uh you know a bad date yeah overall but anyway when we talk about carol we'll uh delve into that yeah yeah that's it cool jerry's date donna played by gretchen german um remarks that she likes a cotton dockers commercial which jerry hates causing him to lose interest in her and if you follow us on socials i actually put up that commercial i was i was watching the episode with uh, my partner janina and she said oh do you know the cotton dockers commercial is real and i said really so if you go on our socials it's there and it's from 1988 yeah i watched the um the commercial on youtube actually yeah 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 it's crazy. Like, it's, I didn't exactly, think it it's exactly how Jerry describes, you know, it just goes like... Pants, 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 pants. pants, 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 pants oh, pants. I went to Paris and then I did this. It's like these yeah. metro men just talking about, you know, fancy stuff, yeah. as you would in 1988. Yeah, like yuppies yeah, doing yuppies. yuppies. <laughs> I'd imagine one of them was like Patrick Bateman. And he's like, oh, yeah, yep. I, love, uh, I love putting a chainsaw in someone's back. Or, you know, I like <laughs> strangling a dog, yeah, while I'm wearing my cotton duckers. The blood comes yeah, out yeah. quite easily. Yeah, the blood washes out really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> if they're not dockers, then they're not pants to take blood out of. I like I liked Kramer's reenactment as well. Yeah. Cotton dockers. If they're not dockers, they're not pants. And that's the slogan <laughs> in the actual ad. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. They're just pants. They're just pants. They're no, cotton dockers. <laughs> i got to find myself a pair at the, the Salvos or something. Yeah. Salvation sure. Army, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after, that would be- what, what's that? I was going to say that would be a good obscure piece of uh, memorabilia for our Seinfeld for our podcast studio. Oh yes, yeah, so a pair of, just a pair of cotton dockers just laying on the chair. Yeah, <laughs> that could work. <laughs> just up against the wall. Yeah, that's it. It's like yeah, it hasn't even been worn. Yeah, or maybe it has been worn. You know, there's holes in it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. The first one we find, we'll we'll get it. Yeah. If you uh, have any cotton dockers and you want to send us some. Get in touch with us and we'll give you our postal address. Yes, please. <laughs> That'd be great. Meanwhile, continuing with the, with the plot, uh, after George leaves along an obnoxious message on Carol's answering machine, he's concerned that she will think he is an idiot. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Elaine tells George that something similar happened to her brother-in-law, who ended up secretly switching the voice machine or the voicemail tapes. 
Jerry tells him to wait a few days for Carol to call him back, but George starts leaving Carol even more aggressive messages and some even hostile. Uh, Realising that Carol was out of town, George decides to go ahead with the tape-switching plan, convincing Jerry to go with him. Uh, They succeed with doing it when they enter Carol's apartment, but she tells George that she heard the messages from her neighbour previously and she found them funny, also saying that she loves jokes like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then George, Jerry, I love how George has like a sly laugh and then Jerry just has like, you know, he's got a big grin when Carol's looking at him and then when Carol walks out, Jerry's like frown just drops. Like his smile yeah. just goes into like a frown. This is like, ah, yeah. why'd you do that to me? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and surprisingly, Stephen, there's no other secondaries in this episode. Yeah, that's right. There's only the two. Yeah, that's it. So uh, who should we talk about first, Carol or Donna? Oh, actually, no, we well, got trivia first, don't we? We do. Yes. And did you know, Stephen, very interesting, this episode was written after one of the episodes that was meant to be rehearsed or was meant to go on was actually canned. Yeah, I uh, I read that. So it was called the. It was either going to be called The Gun or The Bet. That's right. Um, hmm. It was shelved due to its uh, provocative content. That's right. So the, the episode was fully developed. The sets were built. Um, it was fully cast and the script was completed. Um, and they usually do a table read before they rehearse and film. Um, but in the table read, uh, JLD, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, wasn't too happy to, uh, to sort of to, to go through this episode because it was, yeah, too provocative and dark because yeah. of the gun. Basically, the plot revolved around Elaine betting against Jerry on the ease of buying a handgun to protect herself, which is, especially in these times, especially with the mass shootings in America and stuff, I don't think that would have really worked, you know. <laughs> Even back yeah, then, I mean, it, was, it was very controversial. Yeah, I mean, gun law in America has always been quite, um, you know, divisive. Mm. So even though they're not, you know, they're making a joke out of something that a lot of people take seriously. So, yeah, I can understand why JLD and I'm sure a lot of other people were apprehensive to do it. Mm. And a lot of, and there's actually a scene that was meant to be, uh, I don't know if you read this, Stephen. It was meant to be shot, so to speak. Elaine has a gun to her head, unloaded, and she goes, yeah. do you want the Kennedy? And she points it at her stomach and says all the McKinley. That's a reference to uh, presidents that have been assassinated. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't. So she was that. actually going to have a gun pointed at her head and then points it at her stomach to Jerry. An episode containing a gun just as a prop isn't too dark, I think. Hmm. But as soon as you cross the line to mimic or make a joke out of presidents getting assassinated, that's, yeah, that's pretty uh, provocative. <laughs> and that's the thing that tipped um, Julia Louis over the edge. That's why she said, I'm not yep. doing the episode. And a subplot involved Kramer returning from a trip to Puerto Rico, claiming he had sex with a stewardess on his flight home. And the other three of the core four would make bets with him, and they'd go to the airport to confirm if this happened. Which, like, okay. I know it's all well and good. We understand Kramer, you know, gets girlfriends and stuff. But seriously, something so crass like that? Like, that's even, even trying to make bets on that. That's still, that's beneath the core four. Surely. I, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Kramer, like Jerry and Kramer are sort of womanizers, mm. but they don't objectify the women and sort of treat them like pieces of meat. No. At, after they've slept with them or gone on a date with them. That would have made Even Kramer like a real them. sleaze. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between having casual sex and being a jerk when you're in the relationships like Jerry often is. Yeah. But to sort of to talk about it in that sort of like blokey, super macho way is pretty... Yeah, it is. It, it would be a bit off kilter even for Seinfeld, for sure. Yeah, it would have been a stain on uh, Kramer's character development too, especially so early in the series. You know, I think so. Yeah, even though he's uh, he doesn't you know get tied down to many women very often, uh, well, sorry for very long, he still has some uh, you know some level of respect for most of them. Yeah. 
So as yeah, a re- yeah, and as a result of that, the uh, they scrapped the idea of the gun or the bet, and the phone message was written within two days by Larry and Jerry. Yeah, yeah, and then they decided to go ahead. So this was like a a, a last resort episode, which which I actually enjoyed. Yeah. I liked this episode. Yeah, I really like it too. It doesn't seem like it was rushed. Like it seems no. fully fleshed out. It doesn't seem. I mean, I guess that would make sense given that we just said there's only two secondary characters. You don't want to make it too complicated and have too many plot lines running at once. Yeah. But in a lot of episodes that we've done, you know, because we watch them in such detail, when we sort of think about them critically, a lot of them we agree upon that there's, you know, really good scenes and then there's a lot of filler to sort of make up. 22 minutes yeah whereas this i think was all pretty good from start to finish yeah no it went went really well and and it was actually the plot was based on a real life experience of larry david's i could so imagine uh larry david doing that you know being nervous and not really having uh, an agenda when he called and just rambling and then and then regretting it and trying to come up with a way to get into her to her uh, home and trying to swap out the tech. Just that whole situation. That's a typical, yeah, could, Larry David thing. Yeah, I could just imagine that would just be a day in the life of uh, Larry David's dating life before you know he's married and stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, I did want to mention as well. These aren't official bits of trivia. These are sort of my own bits that I've right. noticed. I think at the start George mentions Lloyd Braun. He does. Whereabouts? <laughs> In the opening scene, when uh, when George and Jerry are in the in monks, mm-hmm. um, I think George is talking about. Oh, I can't even remember what he's talking about, but he says he says the name Lloyd. Ah, so it must be. Oh, yeah, he goes, my friend Lloyd. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's right. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't say. He just mentions his name once. Yeah, I'm presuming they're talking about Lloyd Raw. And that's a testament to the amazing continuity of the series. You know, like that's right. what. Four seasons, five seasons later, Lloyd would turn up as a character. Yeah, he he first appears in season five, I think. Yeah, it might be five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so fat yogurt. Yeah, that's right. And it's also the first, and I think the only mention of uh, Elaine's brother-in-law. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because uh, Elaine in the episode mentions that Elaine's brother-in-law um, uh, was uh, in a situation where he accidentally blurted out some business, sensitive business information and he had to go up to the guy's place and swap out the, uh, the tapes and the yeah. answering machine. Regular and micro. <laughs> that's right, yeah, yeah. 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 like how prepared uh, Jerry is. He's just in each pocket as well. It's like regular. <laughs> it's like he's done it before. I'm sure he yeah, has. In, yeah. At least in another lifetime he has. Sometimes I could imagine him in a situation, you know, in um, Taxi Driver when um, Robert De Niro is like, you talking to me, how he's rehearsing. Yeah. In the in front of the mirror, I can imagine Jerry like in front of the mirror, like swapping out the tapes. Oh, yeah, he's just he's just like going, ju-jum, ju-jum. you know, like yeah, like Travis Bickle pulls out his gun, Jerry pulls yeah. out the micro tape. Yeah. yeah, 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 that could work. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you reckon, Carol? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Carol was played by Tori Pallone, uh, known for appearing in an episode of the 1989 series Beauty and the Beast. That's not the Disney film, by the way. Uh, and Freddy's Nightmares it must be a Freddy Krueger knockoff. I don't know. Uh, she hasn't had an acting credit since 1991. I did notice that her acting career apparently only lasted for three years, 89 to 91. Yeah, and one of her biggest credits was this episode. So yeah, it shows that she hasn't done much. Yeah, I, I noticed she was also credited for Who's the Boss. Ah, who's the boss? Tony Dan. Yeah, I think I think she only appeared in one or two episodes, like this, like yeah. this. Nice, cool. All right, so Carol, I reckon she's a very uh, happy-go-lucky kind of woman, and I reckon she's a huge fan of stand-up comedy because 
you know how they're in her apartment and then George tries to get, you know, Carol in the other room to stall her while Jerry swaps the tapes. You know, George, you know, George goes, you know, tippy-toe, 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 as Carol runs out. Carol goes, you're a comedian. I've seen you before. You know, you're that comedian, Jerry Seinfeld. So I think she loves stand-up comedy. I had the same thing. Um, I had that she seems really unpretentious and pretty cool, just uh, easygoing. Um, And also there that she really likes comedy. Because, I mean, Jerry at this point in Seinfeld's world is not a huge, huge comedian like, say, Eddie Murphy or someone like that. But he's... He's a full-time comedian. He's making an okay living. Yeah. So he's still he's still pretty obscure, relatively speaking, in the comedy world. Mm. So the fact that she recognizes him, to me, says that she's not only a fan of comedy, but she sees comedy regularly if she remembers someone who isn't, you know, that famous compared to a lot of other famous comedians in the early 90s. Yeah. So Carol's really familiar with the local comedy circuit then. Yeah. And that made me think maybe she works in or at least in her, you know, spare time, not only sees comedy, but I think she, I couldn't figure out what sort of job she did. There was no clear Mm. indicators, like she wasn't wearing anything that would make me think, you know, she did this job or that job, but there was nothing her, there was nothing obvious to say that maybe she did this or did that. But yeah, I think, I think comedy is part of her, you know, she just likes going to comedy. Yeah. It's just a massive yeah. – and she's got a good sense of humor too, you know, because, you know, George leaves those messages and, you know, nine, 99% of people would hear it and go, oh, my God, you asshole. But then, you yeah. know, she's like the minority where she's like, oh, that's funny. That's a joke. Yeah. You know, so she's, yeah. she's got – she's got like probably – she probably enjoys like black comedy and dark humor, you know, that sort of stuff. You know, she loves when my comedians probably say shit and crap and all those kind of mm. words and like nasty kind of fuck and, you know, she probably loves that kind of stuff, you know. Loves that yeah, style think, of comedy. Yeah, I very think she's got a really good sense of humor and yeah. doesn't take many things very seriously. Yeah, because I could imagine some of the expletives that George dropped, you know, when he when he tells Jerry what he said, you know, whoa, mm-hmm. that would have been, like, full on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, I really like her. I think she's cool. She's just She just seemed really cool and unpretentious and just a whole lot of fun. Yeah, a whole lot of fun indeed, so, yeah. And, yeah, you know what I really wish, Steve? I, you know, like, I could see glimpses of Susan in her. Like, I reckon if maybe, like, George had a long-term girlfriend, maybe for, like, a season, maybe for the rest of season two or season three, you know how Jerry had Vanessa for a few episodes in season one? Like, maybe if she was, like, proto-Susan, that would have been good. I reckon she would have been a good character to develop. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Good secondary. Yeah, definitely. She just, yeah, she just seemed really cool. She'd be an easy character to, to like. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon it would have been easy to write a lot of jokes because she obviously is really comfortable with George. She finds him attractive. She laughs at his jokes. Yeah. You know, she's comfortable enough to invite him up for, quote-unquote, coffee, Mm. you know, at the end of the first date. And I don't think a lot of people would. I think most people would wait a couple of dates to, you know, to to go to that place. Yeah. Um, You know, and it would have been funny for me if, like, if she was in half a season or a season or something, if the whole time she was completely and utterly cool with George, she found him attractive. Like, there was nothing off-putting for her about George. Yeah. And George just couldn't deal with that. <laughs> instead, instead of, like, using that to his advantage and going, yeah, cool, like, I can be myself, that would just make him more neurotic. Ah, oh, of course. That'd be so good. Yeah, because he's so, he's so used to women finding him quite repulsive, or a lot of women, um, <laughs> you know, and she's just like, yeah, he's, he's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that, I think that would have created a lot of good, good sort of mini storylines. Oh, there's nothing wrong with George. He's fine. 
Yeah, where you know he would be just self sabotaging all the time, yeah. like going, going, doing things more and more to put her off. But she's just like, yeah, cool. Like I, I like, I like him for who he is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, <laughs> unlike Donna, though, Donna, uh, you know, if you don't like the Cotton Dockers commercial and you tell all your friends, you're her bitter enemy. Yeah, she's um, she doesn't like uh, people talking about her behind the back, even if it's just disagreement about a commercial. I know, not happy with it, is she? No. I mean, I, I do agree with her in that, you know, she's obviously frustrated because Jerry just won't drop it. Mm, yeah, you know, it's, it's a commercial. It's not a big deal. Mm, I know, but, yeah. you know, she thinks that, you know, she says, oh, Jerry's like, oh, that's not even witty or smart. And she goes, yes, it is. You know, so she sees like the wit and the, you know, the the creative, the creativity in the ad, you know. Yeah, I think I think Jerry's just a bit more. I think Jerry is jealous of the humor, the more subtle humor, you know, or subtle uh, aim of the ad, whereas Jerry's very direct. He like observes something and makes a joke out of something obvious. Of course. Whereas this ad's a bit more subtle and a bit more indirect, he, and that's what yeah. the humor comes in that. And I think Jerry finds it hard to deal with that, so he he knocks on her. Maybe he feels a bit threatened. He can't or doesn't want to read between the lines, basically. Yeah, or he understands it. I don't think he's. I think he's smart enough to get why people like it, but because that doesn't line up with his style of comedy or his sense of humor. And she likes it. I think on some level he finds it a bit threatening. <laughs> Fair enough. Know that, you know, I don't know. But um, I don't know. I found it hard to form an opinion on Donna. Yeah. So Donna Stephen is played by Gretchen German, known for appearing in Will and Grace, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Criminal Minds, and, Stephen, three episodes of Home Improvement. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what about that, huh? Do love me some home improvement. Oh yeah, as do I. <laughs> Good stuff. So um yeah, so Donna um yeah clearly you know hates Cotton Docker or loves the Cotton Dockers commercial, and uh, doesn't like like you mentioned before when she uh, gets talked about behind her back. Yeah, I think she's a bit a bit miffed that um Jerry's. I don't think she's miffed about people talking behind her back per se. Just more that Jerry's making such a big deal out of it. Just generally. Yeah. I just think she's just had enough and she goes, no, this is, stop being a baby. <laughs> and, uh, and eventually she walks out. She goes, no, I, I don't want to put up with this shit. And rightfully so, I think. Yeah. She seems uh, pretty confident about herself. Knows what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's reasonable, you know. Um, like if someone was giving me a hard time because I liked an ad and then they didn't like it <laughs> and, they just, and they were talking about it out after the date. It's obviously on their mind. I'd be like, nah, I don't have the patience for such petty things. Touche. So, yeah. Hmm. I was just saying, I found it really hard to form an opinion about Donna. Well, I, like, I agreed with every point that she had about Jerry. Yeah. But I don't know. I just didn't. I just found her not likable, but also not unlikable. Mm-hmm. I just found her like, she just seems cool. I don't know. Just there was nothing that grabbed me to make me go. I liked you, or I don't. Normally, I have a pretty, you know, strong opinion about every character, but for her, I'm just like, she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, she's just cookie cutter, yeah. run of the mill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she seems nice, but I don't know. There were just no quirks or lines or jokes or anything. It was just very, I don't know, just white bread. <laughs> white bread, meh. No. Just, there just there were no grains. No grains. No, there it wasn't. No, no wholemeal. Or a brown no, bread, no, no crust or grains. It was just 
you know, white bread. So she was a good, I guess, one one episode character then. She served the purpose, yeah. served the plot. Definitely. Yeah. yeah definitely. Cool. Yeah. The humour was in their disagreement, not her. Yeah. And then Jerry, I think these are like the early wisps of Jerry being pedantic about small things. You know, yeah. like well, eventually he'll become, you know, more insane, dumping his girlfriends for silly things. I think that was just like the start of what he was capable of or what we could see what he was capable of. For sure. And I think it was one of the first episodes where George truly showed his neuroticism. <laughs> yes. And just, just overthinking everything mm-hmm. to the point where he just, you know, nearly loses his mind and does really elaborate, pointless things. <laughs> When there was no need. No, <laughs> not necessary. <laughs> not at all. No. And that's uh, all the secondary characters, huh? Yeah, a bit of a short one. The last two episodes, there haven't been a whole lot to work with. No. But um, overall, all the characters have been good. I do like both both of these women. Um, Donna and Carol seem really cool in their own ways. Yeah. Um, but nothing nothing huge or, like, uh, distinguishing to work with. Yeah, spoiler alert, they're not in my top 20 secondaries of all time. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, when we come back, we'll have a short break. Uh, we'll find out where the phone message sits in our greatest episodes of all time. Talk about our top 10 secondary characters or give our top 10. Seinfeldisms, Seinfeld trivia, and a little bit about our live show coming up this Sunday. So we can't wait. I can't begin to tell you how much I hate that commercial. <laughs> really? I like that commercial. <laughs> You like that commercial? <laughs> yeah, it's clever. Now, wait a second. You mean the one where the guys are all standing around, supposedly being very casual and witty? Yeah, it's the one. What could you possibly like about that? <laughs> I don't know. I like the guys. Yeah, they're so funny and so comfortable with each other, and I could be comfortable, too, if I had pants like that. <laughs> I could sit on a porch and wrestle around and... Maybe even be part of a real bull session. I I know guys like that. To me, the dialogue rings true. Uh, Stephen, we talked about Season 2, Episode 4 of Seinfeld and the two secondary characters, all two of them. Oh, quite a few we went through. The phone message. Um, Out of the 39 episodes we've reviewed so far, where does the phone message sit? Uh, Well, it did debut in my top 10. Oh, all right. Well, it is a very good episode, I admit. Um, So are you going to read out your top 10? Sure. So from 10 to 1, uh, and this doesn't include the uh, what's to deal with episodes that we do. No. This is just standard Seinfeld episodes. So from 10 to 1, we've got the pie. Number 9 is the phone message, this week's episode. Ah, number 9, okay, perfect. Yeah, number 8 is the apartment. Uh, then we've got the pony remark, the baby shower, the stakeout, the limo, the sniffing accountant, the movie, and the pen. There you go. And uh, for okay. me, it, number 15. Okay. So, knocks off Mail on Bonding, who's number 16. My top 10 are The Limo, and number 9 is The Movie, followed by The Sniffing Accountant, The Pony Remark, The Hamptons, The Bizarro Jerry, The Soup Nazi, The Puffy Shirt, The Outing, and reigning supreme since the end of Season 2, The Mango. Yep. Mm -hmm. Good episode. Yep. Hasn't been knocked off its perch yet, but uh, I tell you what, when our live show comes up and uh, we do the contest this Sunday, uh, things might change. We'll see. We'll find out. We will find out indeed. We'll talk a bit more about that in a sec. Um, so any uh, did Donna and Carol make your uh, top 20 secondary characters of all time? No, neither. No, me either. They're both, they're both really, you know, I don't dislike either of them, but none of them have any uh, features which I find worthy of uh, entering my top 10 or top 20. Cool, cool. 
about you? No, no. I mean, Carol would probably be my top 30 if I had a 30. But, uh, okay. yeah, probably would just miss out on the 20. Fair enough. Yeah, Donna, I didn't like the Cotton Dockers commercial. I'm, I'm with Jerry, so Donna, Donna and I just wouldn't mix, you know. So Donna, okay. Donna isn't even in the radar of my top 20. So, sorry, okay. Donna. For that reason alone, you're not even counted. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, do you have any Seinfelders in this week? Yeah, I do, actually. So I went to uh, Chadston Shopping Centre. That's one. That's the biggest shopping centre in Melbourne, Victoria. And I went to a place called Royal Stacks, and I had a burger. And I sent you a picture of this, Steve. Uh, one of the burgers yeah. was a chicken burger, and it was called the Kavorka. <laughs> <laughs> you sent me a photo of the menu, and you said, spot the Seinfeldism. Yeah. And uh, I saw another one, wasn't it? Something called the Royal George or something. Oh, the Royal George. I think it's a reference to Prince George or maybe Prince yeah. William's son yeah. George. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was it. And he said, no, no, it was the Kavorka. <laughs> the Kavorka, so there yeah. Were, there were technically two Seinfeldisms, but yours was, your, the original uh, one that you found was a lot better. Yeah, so I had the Kavorka, so uh, I literally had it. And it was delicious. Was it good? Yeah, it was delicious. Chicken, fried did, chicken. Did, did women en masse become just... Like crazily attracted to? No, I think Janina would have probably smashed him <laughs> if they tried. But no, it didn't happen. I didn't have wow. I didn't have dames stumbling at my feet. No, <laughs> you didn't have uh, nuns or you know very pious and religious people no. trying to question their beliefs. From no, you. not quite, not quite. No. <laughs> so that's my only Seinfeldism. What about you? Uh, yeah, so I was going to put down the fact that I watched the Cotton Dockers ad as one, but we've already talked about that. So That's the right. only other one that I had was uh, on the weekend, last weekend, I had I was uh, out for breakfast with a friend. Oh, and he okay. went to the bath, and um, he, after a few minutes, he came back, and uh, he was just going on and on about how great this bathroom was. <laughs> uh, he, he said it was very spacious and glorious. Oh. Um, he said it was very relaxing. He just wouldn't shut up about this bathroom. And I said, well, you know, give me a tick and I'll, I'll go in there and, and check it out for myself. Yeah. And um, the, one of the owners, I go to this cafe, it's a local cafe to me, and one of the owners came over and I uh, was just clearing our table. And my friend, like, really, really made a huge comment <laughs> uh, and compliment about the bathroom. And she was she was happy for the feedback, but she was also a bit awkward because, you know, I don't think you would get, most people would comment on the food or something, not on the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she received it well, and then uh, and then he actually turned to me and said, "Oh, this would be a really good plot for a Seinfeld episode. You know, ah, someone being awkward." The and bar- I said, "Well, the it's bar- kind bar- of a Seinfeld yeah. because you know George, uh, you know George is a bathroom connoisseur. Yeah, he, he loves knows all the best bathrooms in New York City. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. The fact that he just said off, like he knows that I do this podcast, so he knows I'm a Seinfeld fan. Yeah, he wouldn't have said it otherwise. <laughs> um, but just." And he's not really much of a Seinfeld fan, so he would know that George is uh, is a bathroom connoisseur. <laughs> so it was already a Seinfeldism, and then when he suggested it could be a Seinfeld plot, I uh, just sort of added to it. So I thought that was pretty cool. And that was your Seinfeldism? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> It'd be called The Bathroom. It would. It would. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I did go in there, and I can verify that it is a very nice bathroom. Ah, very sparkling. Yeah, it's, it's very clean, but it's like a yoga studio. Uh-huh. It's, very, it's very calming. You know, I don't know. I could I could do meditation in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you could. Um, just make sure you got like one of those towels, you know, so you don't, uh, your bum doesn't get cold when you sit down. Yeah, that's right. That's it. What do you reckon, Seinfeld trivia for today? Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're recording on Thursday, March 15, and uh, I'm in the studio, so I've got the desktop calendar. Stephen doesn't. <laughs> and uh, today's Seinfeld trivia, director Andy Ackerman described Jerry Stiller as the sweetest man on the face of the earth, but anger was critical to the role of Frank. At first, Stiller, st- sorry, Stiller, as in Jerry Stiller, resisted. Jason Alexander suggested Stiller slap him in the face. I can't do that, Stiller said. Eventually, he did. What, a, what about that, huh? Wow. So even uh, even Jerry That's, Stiller uh, was like, no, I'm not going to slap the poor guy. And suddenly, Nick Minute, bang. That's a uh, devotion to the craft. I it, like it. It sure is. <laughs> should probably talk about our show, which happens in a few days. Oh, yes, our live show. That's right. We are going to George's Bar in Fitzroy, Melbourne, Australia. And it is, it is on this Sunday, the 18th of March, 2018. Hope to expect a decent crowd. But if not, that's okay. It'll be fun nonetheless. We're talking about the secondary characters from probably the most iconic Seinfeld episode of all time, The Contest. That's right. Uh, It kicks off around 6.30pm. We'll be talking for an hour to an hour and a half about the secondary characters from that uh, seminal episode. Um, It is free entry, uh, and like Ivan said, it is a George's Bar, which is, in case you didn't know, a George Costanza slash Seinfeld-themed bar. Uh, Yeah, so come along, say hello. Uh, we'll be there a bit earlier setting up and hanging out, and we'll probably hang out for a bit afterwards. So if you want to come and say good day, um, that'd be cool. Love that, to see you there. That would be very cool indeed. Uh, follow us on social media yeah. at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally on YouTube with one video as of recording, but there'll be more, we promise. There will be, yep. And uh, we've got a website, bidwabask.com. If you want to email us, it's bidwabask, uh, podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us, rate us, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Exactly. So our live show, we're going to be live streaming it on YouTube, so you can uh, watch us in ad action, or you know, watch us in action doing the contest, or not the literal contest. I mean, talking about the contest. I'm out. <laughs> um, but next week we're yeah. talking. We're going. We're staying at season two. Actually, we're doing episode three of season two, the jacket. We are. <laughs> We've yeah. already spoken about Alton Bennis, but I reckon because it's been a while since we spoke about him, I reckon we should do like a little analysis of him again. You know, maybe like a little refresher, or if you know our minds have changed about Alton Bennis, we could we could uh, mention it. There's always there's always uh, enough time to talk about Alton Bennis. Of course, one of your favourites. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's my number one secondary uh, so far. So we originally talked about him in episode ten of our first season, uh, where we talked about all of. The core four's parents uh, and my parents came on board and, and had a bit of a chat too so that's right um yeah but it'd be good to devote a bit more time to just alton because he is my number one secondary character so far so yeah i'm looking forward to do that yeah i'm looking forward to talking about him again and uh, yeah so next week yes. will be the jacket but then we're recording the contest on sunday but we're not putting that up as a podcast until the following week so uh you can that's either right. watch it next week next yep. week Oh, yes. So I was going to say, yeah, next week will be 49, and uh, we'll release 50 the week after That's right. Uh, we actually recorded on Sunday. That's so it'll right. come out around, I think, the last few days of March. That's right. Uh, but you can live stream us. Uh, I know it's going to be pretty late in uh, America particularly. It's going to be like 3 in the morning or something. But uh, if you're committed, stay up and, and watch us. Yeah, and if, uh, if you don't get a chance to watch us, just wait a week and a half and you'll be able to hear it. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll probably have the uh, YouTube video up anyway, so you can watch a replay of the video whenever you want. True, true. Cool. So thanks again for listening to another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. 
uh, stay tuned for next week's episode, which, as we said, is the jacket. We look forward to talking about it, and uh, we'll catch you all then. Catch you then. Thank <laughs> you.